and you'd be all like, get ye flask. And it'd say, you can't get ye flask. And you just have to sit there and imagine why on earth you can't get ye flask. It's time to grind through the end of the week. That's right. It's the Grinding Gear podcast. I'm oh, Garrett. Nice slogan. I am Garrett. Joined, as always, by uh, Interrupting Kyle says slogan. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah, that's a good slogan. If anything, we should just roll with the grind. It can be anything. It's anything Holy shit, do we really need to grind to through the end of this week? Ah, uh, this is, uh, without a doubt, one of the more insane news weeks. Not on, like, like, volume of one topic, but all the things happening at once. It is absolutely bonkers. We, we're gonna, we're gonna have a big talk about how, uh, no one, uh, not that we should have ever trusted them in the first place, but after this week, uh, I'm never gonna trust our corporate overlords again. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. first time first time no no but so much at once and it's the timing is so strange for all of it uh but that's neither here nor there i'm here today kyle to ask why the hell did you make strong bad our intro soundbite today <laughs> oh uh, because uh the, the, the aidms aidms that's what it'd be like get you flask a oh if it was an aidm okay yeah suddenly kyle's not on board for the ai now they're coming for your job dude dude yeah uh, let me let me make an addendum to two weeks ago on that uh all the effort has left the building and it's uh, kyle there was sad. never effort in the first place no, it's ai no 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 there yes. was there was no, hang there on wasn't. hang on hang on hang on there was there was Kyle. I can put. YouTube I can. Videos. I can. I can use filters too. I know. How to, I know how to click a filter checkbox. The the UI the the YouTube videos were very interesting over the holidays. The problem being, copycat YouTubers have taken over the AI algorithm thingies and are trying to ride the wave. So much so that channels have that have nothing to do with AI art are making. What would Kirby look like as an '80s? But it's just. It's all gone bad. It's all gone strange. It's just awful. It's it's off. Like what I'm talking about is pruning. Like we have cut the pruning for mere clicks. It, the the meme has gone too deep. Yeah, I'm just sitting here and uh, I'm just like it all looks the equally as uh, as 47 okay teeth about it. It's okay to be wrong. It's That's, okay to be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, no, a, I'm, a human I know. Being I know. It's it's okay over to be the wrong. Holidays yeah. It's it's okay took, to be wrong, Kyle. The passionate time to sort through the 20 images they had created and remove the ones that had 15 teeth and 70 fingers. Now we're at the point where that click through of those was so high. Everyone's like, well, I just got to make you know videos. Have you ever watched like meme compilations? Yeah. You ever watch a meme? Comp yes. Yeah. There's channels that like connoisseur and like work in like puppies and stuff yep. and like really kind of yep. think about their yep. meme compilations. And then there's like, I just downloaded the whole weeks of TikTok and just like added a, a, yes. a, a fade in between them. Yes, there's there's your your uh, your 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 bar subscription service like Chive TV that does you know they go out and they they really they really curate that stuff or you just go on YouTube. Yeah. Or I'm or, a big or, fan like, of the cute Chihuahua videos. You know I'm a, a owner of a, I'm a proud owner of three sure. cute Chihuahuas. I'm, I'm a, a three times over Chihuahua daddy. Um, and yeah, uh, 
I haven't seen a new channel I like in a while. They're all kind of just, it's like, I've seen this before. Also, there's like 17 videos in here that are terrible. Uh, get this out of here. Most of them are. But if that, yeah. but, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, I'm trying to keep it jovial, trying to keep it jovial. But if you're like, uh, <laughs> if, if just not including I, things is, is what you consider effort, uh, you're not winning. Oh my God. Oh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to tease you. I get it. I, I think we all have different emotional responses, like line up all our news articles this week, all the weird stuff we're going to talk about. Like I was, I was shook. I was you're literally shaking with anger Friday night while you and I were on stream Friday D and D beyond put up their message. Are, are we doing this we, now? Are we getting into what I'm now going to start calling until this is over drama and dragons? Do you want to get into I'm, it right now? I, I'm, I'm reaching across the aisle with you, Gary, you know, you hate AI arts like, mm, you know, and, and I, and I find it slightly amusing. There were people who saw this D&D Beyond post and even on stream, like we read it live on stream and I laughed because you couldn't help. But that night, man, I was so angry, like just just. Why are you? Why were you so angry? angry. We're, we're both victorious, Kyle. We all won. Yeah, we all won. Why are you? Why were you mad? We all won. We all won. Why? Oh, my God. Why would you be angry when we all won? So what I'm saying is <laughs> during this time of turmoil in video games, you might have different emotional responses to different articles. You may find yourself caring more about one topic than another, and that's okay. <laughs> that is my point that I am making. Mm, okay. Uh, we, we can dive straight. We can jump straight to D&D if you want. Um, We're already I, talking about it, okay. so why don't we rip the Band-Aid off? I, I, had, I had high hopes of making a d- Drama and Dragons sound drop, but I never got around to it. So let's just, uh, well, let's just have it, and uh, your red bars are showing. Well, with that, with any luck, the podcast didn't need to know about that. With any luck, <laughs> <laughs> last week it was up for a while, and I eventually I had to say something. <laughs> with any luck, uh, you won't have to make a drop because this won't last. But it does seem to be ongoing. So if you if you haven't read the D and D Beyond, an update on the open game license, they attempted to be cute, coy, uh, playful. They rolled a one, Kyle. They rolled a one. They tried to be playful with their audience and be like, oh, shucks, y'all. You caught us with a draft. You know, real like a real. I forgot my homework energy on the. Oh, we just sent out out a draft to our content creators and made them sign it on December 23rd. So already I'm having an emotional reaction as a content creator of like, oh, you went December 23rd. Like you, you went to the Fridays of Friday. You sent an email out at 5.30 Friday so that you wouldn't get answers to it and you could hear about it Monday. Like you you picked a day before the holidays when people have spent their money, are building their pools. You know, there's a whole movie about building a pool and expecting money. You know, you should watch it sometime. I was like, that's highly, uh, highly specific. And I realize you're literally just talking about Christmas vacation. <laughs> exactly. Like people, content creators, had invested in the next year, they were ready for all the things that they're going to do this next year, whether it's, you know, winding down fifth edition, starting to advertise D and D one and helping their players and their audience make that transition. And that's content creation. That's money in their pockets, all that sort of thing. Yeah. So that, that already kind of upset me, but ultimately 
over the course of this next week, they have continued to completely miss the mark. And no matter how many apologies they pass out or how many times they try to describe themselves in accurate ways, I'm still mad. It, what, what's going on? And I'm like many, many people on the Twitter verse. Like this is one of those times where like we're all trying to find the right thing to say. We're all trying to digest this into a nice little soundbite so we can all fathom it, you know, in some way. And I think the best one I've seen so far is an in an apology. You can't invite someone to drink from the well you've poisoned. And that's what they're doing is they have thoroughly poisoned this well with their community and with their bizarre draconic open license moves they were making. And now they're pulling like this. Whoa, ha, jo join us behind the curtain. Join me for a sneak peek uh, with what it's really like at the Wizards of the Coast Center. Oh, I, I don't, I need to make this bigger. Which one is this? Is this the one from today? No, this is this, last this week. This is the one from Friday. Okay, did you see I the one that, right uh, or was it today or yesterday? Yesterday. Did you see the statement yesterday? Uh, the message from the D&D &D executive producer? Yeah. It was a lot more apologetic. But you can't, so to me, this still isn't doing it right because you continue to invite people to that poisoned well. You are continuing to say, we're going to be more open about this. The thing is, it was already open. It was the open game license. Like, you can't be open. You can't say, we're going to share with you when you haven't yet shared the legal document you're working on. And... So is your issue with the fact that the new statement that came out yesterday, they're saying, we're going to send you surveys to give us feedback after you see the new draft. Do you want it before? Like, what would make you happy? Uh, going back to the old OGL, uh, void, like the, the, the issue ultimately for me is that Dungeons and Dragons is a oral tradition. I don't need your products to play this. And when I saved up, and I got one of your products. It was pure candy. It was just, I could make anything I wanted out of your system. I had all the rules. The rules exist inside my own head. But when I invest in your book and I bought that from you, it was an exchange that I feel with no other company because it literally was superfluous. I literally didn't need your product, but I did it because I loved you. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, so and I, I get that. And I'm it's not, a highly and I'm not, innocent thing. And I'm not here to tell you don't be emotional, but I do kind of want, like, what is your non-emotional, like, you will only be happy if they walk this back entirely? Because, like, there's no putting the genie back in the bottle at this point. Right. Uh, I, I don't know what I want, is my honest answer. Because that well is poisoned. You know, I watched the... I, lawyers grabbed onto it. So I was talking about that previously. Like, oh, I can't wait till YouTube lawyers grab onto it. And they did. And sure enough, legal, legal, legal I watched that legal, legal oh, video yeah. last week and had a great time with it. I loved his, his, his take on it, which was, I'm not sure you needed this anyway. I'm not sure yeah. even the new thing everyone's mad about would even like hold up in court. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's, that's juicy. That's an interesting take right there. Cause, cause you know, within the Dungeons and Dragons community and, and, and folks like you, hey, y'all are just mad and you, you should be. And I think you're a, a wonderful example of what's happening in the D&D community right now. Soon to be, I think, the Pathfinder community. Well, that's that gets into some disingenuous territory that I'm not quite ready to you know, make that jump yet. Um, let's talk about that in a moment. Let's continue to talk about uh, YouTube lawyering, because it was great to have them finally grab on and kind of make it a mainstream topic, because naturally the content creators are 
you know, emotional, like you're going to have an emotional response. This is for someone attacking your income, your livelihood, your audience, and ultimately whether or not Dungeons and Dragons can pull it back together, they have fractured their fan base and sent them to the wind because some are going to go straight Pathfinder. Some are going to go Lancer. Some of them are going to go all these other game systems. We are currently completely spread out. And a content creator looking in this environment has to make a choice. Do I switch to Pathfinder for the numbers? Are the numbers really there? Because we just divided the fan base massively. Like you took the juggernaut and broke it down. And now it's in too many small pieces for a content creator to make money off of. So all the content creators have already made their, so you're switching to Pathfinder kind of videos. And that's very, very natural. And there's a great through line of there of Pathfinder being based on Dungeons and Dragons third edition evolving from there. But the lawyer takes were really, really nice because they were so calm. You know, they were highly lawyery at the end of the day, right? They're, they're it was just a lot technical. Like, yeah, they're just strictly yeah. technical. They're just like, hey, this is a legal document, which it is. All that really matters is how it shakes out in, in law terms. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I rather enjoyed that. as I, I enjoyed the sandwich I had last week of the very emotional uh, reckoning of all of this with the D&D OGL and the very clinical reckoning of it in slick edited YouTube form. So this has led to a host of lies as people get messages from their friends that said, I have a friend at Wizards and they said this and then someone publishes that statement, but it wasn't the real statement and other people try to counteract. So we don't know kind of what's real. I mean, I've been in this position before with covering Blizzard news. We got messages pretty frequently saying, I have a friend at Blizzard and they say the next hero is this. I, I, they said Back this when they canceled the esports, we were at BlizzCon that year and and team managers were being were having conversations with people at Blizzard about the next year of esports for Heroes of the Storm. True. Fast yeah, forward so one it, month later, the whole thing was axed. Right, so even the employees don't know what actually is going to happen with the company and oftentimes these are surprises inside the at company the end of the day, as well. if you don't control the money in that type of scenario there are no assurances like just zero so there's been talk about how you know unearthed arcana is entirely player driven with these surveys there's comments from people who digest the surveys and put them in the system that they never read any of your statements and it's basically a catch. So you don't post it on Twitter, post it on Reddit, send them an email. They add the, please describe what you think should be done about the game below. And then they just throw it in the trash. Like none of that kind of stuff is confirmed. The weird stuff about these recent statements this week is like I said, the peak behind the curtain when it was previously completely open, we felt like we had ownership as this kind of uh, tradition of Dungeons and Dragons, which has changed greatly over the past couple of years with live streaming. You can now watch Matt Mercer, Dimension 20, whoever you want. Uh, there will be Dungeons podcast still available. You could go watch any of those and get an idea of what D&D is. But in the past, you had to go like sit at a table with an actual DM who would go. Here's how we're playing this game. And because the rules are just undigestible otherwise, particularly for someone like me. And then that was passed down and you pass it on to your friends and they pass it on to their friends. That's how this spread. So the intensity of the ownership and the uh, iron fist that they were attempting to rule D&D with is just a miss beyond any comprehension. The other thing about these statements is they keep saying things that are kind of weird. Like we were never going to license dice. We were never going to stop you from making your own dice. And you're like, well, who, who the hell said that? 
Now, now you're arguing with things we haven't brought up. That's kind of weird. Were you going to try to license, like, uh, try to trademark the D20, which is impossible to own? They found D20s in ancient Egypt. Like, you can't own the D20. So they, they, there's a lot of little words and phrases in here that go, what were you thinking about doing? I don't give it a bit of I mean, who knows? Maybe they got, like, emails. Maybe, maybe yeah. it wasn't. Not, every, not everything lives and dies on Reddit. True, true. So... I'm I'm not personally prepared to make some big switch. Like I said, saying I've always hated D and D and I'm going to Pathfinder is just disingenuous. Can you imagine the D and D police kicking in the door at your favorite local con to go get all the custom dice? <laughs> Dude, I mean, it brings to question many things about how we're working things in a current streaming society, right? Because let's say I own a coffee shop and I want to play Beyonce. Do I buy? the rights to play Beyonce? Do I have to pay or alert people around my house if I'm throwing a kid's birthday party? And like, it gets in this whole like, online we have to make sure like, oh, that song actually played and oh, we gotta cut that and hey, you showed footage of this. But you know, in public, we're still free to do those things. Yes. And so when you it, try to license, you know, a, a thought process, like, rules are and that's something that you know legally and other videos have gotten into which is like you can't license a method you can't say trademark you can't smith or like i do because that'd be horrible that'd be really bad for life for any of us to be like by the way i have under i have an underhanded technique for harvesting bananas and you're like well, oh shit <laughs> yeah i'm so sorry you have to pay the licensing fee yeah. before you can sear a steak in a cast iron skillet uh everyone gotta gotta use overhanded techniques on your bananas right now guys we're so sorry i know it's gonna take extra time but we can't afford the license so th this is where you know it reaches that comedic sphere of just like what is going on and we all know what's going on like they saw record profits while people were using virtual tabletops and locked indoors and they want to maintain that and they're trying to increase their hold. So yeah. the, so the, all that, all that emotion to describe strong bad at the start of the show, there was a leaked email suggestion that there was going to be a $30 sub mark for D and D beyond coming up as they locked down all other virtual tabletops and distribution channels for books. So your $30 sub may contain all the books. It's like, oh, you now have access, you know, HBO, Netflix, that sort of thing. And also they were working on an AI DM that could DM for you if you didn't have a DM. Those appear to be false and multiple channels and some official channels have been like, well, that, that, that's not true at all. But we don't know what's true anymore during this time. A lot of uh, a lot of anger and a lot of misinformation flying. So exactly, it, exactly. It, like, and at the end of the day, what really matters is like it, it's up to you if you want to change what change your game. And then the other thing that matters is the end state of of D and D at the end. Like, because this is not going to be over anytime soon. And I think a lot of us are probably not going to trust uh, Watsi for a, for quite a bit until. They were sure whatever new version of the OGL is finalized and in place. And for like overall wizards, I don't really understand the magic side of things because I only play arena, but these packs with illegal, non, you know, legal, I should say, because they're not like no crimes, like lock them up. Like, no, they're just, they're not tournament ready cards are being sold for massive amounts on top of 
everything else that Hasbro Wizards of the Coast has been, such as saying, hey, we're just doing this to defend against NFTs, yet they're selling an Optimus Prime NFT at their Hasbro store. So there's just a lot of disingenuous. It's just Camel's backs are breaking all over. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we uh, I stopped playing WoW when I wasn't enjoying it and didn't really have a lot of faith in the team, but you and I kept playing Here's the Storm because we were just, it was fine. We were having a perfectly good yeah. time with it, and there was no reason to stop playing the game. Well, and I, I admit, too, like, that's a different situation in my head because I knew people on the team. Like, I would not be as emotionally just raw mad if I had that connection with individual devs over on the Wizards of the Coast Dungeons & Dragons team, but I don't have those connections this time yeah it's so so to me it's you know i'm sitting around the fire i've got my massive beard you know all the children are gathered in front you know and i'm i'm i'm, I'm, on, I'm on epcot you know i'm telling the stories of old and i gesture wide at the palaces of rome and someone walks in and be like "Ooh, achilles is licensed bro you can't tell the achilles story here you know time to pay up and you're like what no wait what oh dude it was so it was so much fun to i so i i couldn't remember uh, the backstory of Kratos very well. So I sat down and watched one of those like 25 minute, the whole story of God of War up to this point videos. Cause sure. there's more and more little not throwbacks in Ragnarok. And I'm like, oh, you know, I played one and two didn't play three and my memory's fogging on basically all of it, except Ares gets big and the ending of one is dumb. Uh, that's <laughs> like, that's all I remember. Um, and so I was, dude, uh, revisiting the, all of that lore after having just beat Hades was real fun because it's like, oh, yeah, there's just a lot of the same characters because it's freaking Greek mythology and that shit is just open for anyone to use. Yeah. For now. Yeah. For, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when AIs become sentient and take us over and find a way to, you know, trademark and copyright uh, the public domain, then, uh, that really entertain us, yeah. yeah. That that's that that would be the more realistic version of the Terminator uh, future at this point. Uh, it's just a bunch of Alexas just powering on and deciding we no longer own rights to anything that we think we do. So I I hijacked the show to you know kind of air my grievances there. Uh, no, no, your no. We were gonna week? we were gonna talk about it anyway. We were gonna, okay. We were gonna talk about it anyway. I I, I find I'm not. I don't really have a horse in the race for D and haven't played tabletop in a bit. And uh, it's always been a very casual thing for me, even though it has been a requested thing now that we stream regularly together. People are like, hey, when are you going to do some live action role play? It might happen eventually, but uh, I'm just I'm simply a spectator. I'm sp simply a visitor in this dramatic world. And the drama ain't done yet, Kyle, because we're going to talk about what's in the news this week in terms of games. And uh, listen, the bumper is the bumper. It's not really good news this week. Good, 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 good. <laughs> oh, great news, everyone. Shove it. I, I, I want to add that we have like a Last of Us chaser at the end of this. Yes, today. we are going to talk about the Last of Us yeah. show this week, which I am really excited about. Uh, but we got we got to talk about this stuff, man. There's just like there's a lot going on and it's all in the realm of things you and I are really interested in. Uh, like everything is tang. Uh, well, everything except D&D &D is tangentially related to Blizzard, although I get I guess Matt Mercer is involved, which is tangentially related to Blizzard. So I digress. Um, what in the hell is going on with Microsoft? The, the, the timing of this is so I I'm so confused. Um, 
terrible, freaking awful news. Uh, Xbox, Microsoft apparently has has laid off over 10,000 people across multiple Xbox related studios. Uh, I, the the ones I've seen where people were, were let go was the Coalition 343 Industries and Bethesda. Uh, Coalition is Gears of War, 343 is Halo. For those uh, unaware, I, I, I just assume everyone in our circles knows Bethesda because I feel like you're all a bunch of Skyrim nerds. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's nuts. And then like right before I came to do this podcast, I saw that uh, ex Halo developers are just like talking mad smack about three, four, three leadership in the wake of these layoffs. Um, but yeah, and I, I, it looked like I didn't have a chance to dig too deep, but it looked like it was uh, it was it weren't people that were let go today. It was previous devs that are at different studios. Uh, I know one of them was at currently working over at respawn. Um, but uh, massive freaking layoffs. Uh, this, but the CEO's own words said that it was less than five percent of Microsoft's workforce. But it's like, well, that that's not. While that seems small when you put it like that, it's no comfort to those being let go. Right. But it's just like on. It's not the first time you and I have talked about layoffs. It is the first time we talked about layoffs on this show. But you know, we 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 talked about the Blizzard layoffs way back when we were doing Blizzard shows. And it always it always freaking sucks. But this one is like particularly perplexing to me, dude, because there's so much scrutiny on Microsoft right now. They still have not been able to get the Activision Blizzard merger through uh, a day ago. I thought we were going to come in here and talk about how the EU really pushed back this week. Uh, I believe the where that ended was they were just straight up saying they're not going to approve it. Um, but then this hit today and it's just like. Why? Why? Like, like I don't under I I don't understand enough about about corporate culture because I'm wondering like, did they just assume that this is like no one cares that they're laying people off? Like, is it something that is just not taken into account on the like the character of your company when you're under scrutiny for a merger? Uh, also, last week they announced that they're doing like their first ever direct and it's next week. So we're going to have this massive layoff and then we're going to have an Xbox direct next week where I'm sure they're going to have somebody in a blazer and a t-shirt come out with all smiles and talk about all the exciting new things you're going to get to play on your Xbox very soon. <laughs> I don't get the blazer t-shirt hate, but go on. I'm just, I'm just trying to paint you a visual picture of what you're going see, to see no. next week. Somebody well, is going to yeah. walk out <laughs> and, and it's- try to be all smiles. It's New Year's, right? My my perspective is, you know, very much based on my upbringing. My mom worked in HR, and this is how you conduct yourself. Like I said, you know, Christmas time is the Friday of Fridays, and you put some really bad news in that time period. And with the New Year firing up, all the companies are trying to maneuver themselves. In particular, this Microsoft thing kind of looks like they were preparing the desks to be taken by Activision Blizzard? Like they fired the amount of which people they would be receiving? That that was, yeah, in the IGN article, which is, which is yeah, it seems it's a, a little... A connection. It, but it yes. is a connection, but again, it's like if you're, if you're losing developers in completely unrelated studios, like I, do, I don't really know how much of a connection that truly is. I, I mean, it is still like if if you're, you know, the controlling umbrella company, money is money is money, right? But, uh. And then you had the particularly bizarre happenings with NetEase this week where they tore down their 
It, they're calling it the orc statue. It was more, it was a giant uh, hell blade. What was that? What was the, what's Hellscream's axe called? Gorehowl? Gorehowl. Yeah, it was a Gorehowl yeah. statue. Yeah, they um, had a giant Gorehowl and they denied Blizzard further dealings. This is like back in November. They were like, nope, you're not getting another six months. Get out of here, Blizzard. And they took sledgehammers to the statue outside of Blizzard HQ and then served tea, which is backhandedly like it's it's known as the tea you serve to insult someone who's pretending to be innocent. It has that sort of cultural tone to it when you serve this particular type of tea. So they served, you know, iced teas to everybody who destroyed this statue after wrecking it and moving them out. And then on top of that, Tencent came in with a bizarre trailer for their mobile MMO that rips off many scenes from Blizzard Entertainment Cinematics, the opening of the Dark Portal, you know, now a different portal, but still a not death wing climbs on top of the castle and yeah, it's, it's, it's uh it's Murderfly is the name of that dragon. Um, uh, oh yeah, of course, of yeah, course. So yeah, I I did see that the game actually does look rather pretty, um, but it looks like a <laughs> wicked wow ripoff. Like it is extremely extremely wowy. Also has dragon flying, which all the Guild Wars fans right now are like, good, good World of Warcraft. Someone else can steal dragon flying after you stole it from us. Um. But <laughs> Doom Flap says <laughs> Bagginswold. Doom Flap is a good name. Um, yeah. yeah. So you haven't been following, th- following uh, this story. I think we made light mention of it a few weeks ago. But yeah, uh, Blizzard is like essentially leaving China after failing to come to any sort of agreement with Medis because to have your game in China, you need to go through a Chinese based company to even get like rights to put your game out in the country. And so Blizzard is essentially losing those rights as, as best as I can describe it with, as someone who is very, 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 very much not a lawyer. But well, and then they live streamed their destruction of it. And where, where's where's the quote here? Uh, this is on uh, this is coming to us via Wowhead, by the way. It's uh, it's a pretty damn interesting write up if you want to go check it out in full. Yeah, so the green tea that was served is used to reference a manipulative person who tries to appear wholesome, innocent, or traditional, but is decidedly not so. And apparently this is the rather kind way of putting that. So, <laughs> like, they threw some massive shade, apparently, while destroying their statue. My goodness. I fart in your general direction. Yeah, yeah exactly. Elderberries and all. Like, it is, it's a thing. It's yeah. The timing of all of this is just it's it's. I mean, it, it doesn't sound like Blizzard had, a, had any choice in the timing of what's going down with China. They were on a ticking clock. They were looking to extend, and they were unsuccessful in that extension. And now we're gonna get Chinese wow knockoff, I guess. Right, you 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 knock out the competitor and then replace it with your own version of that. Or at least so Net, it is NetEase specifically that's developing the game, right? Uh, I saw Tencent. Oh, Tencent. The, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So I, I'm not I'm not you know heavy and you know obviously I don't know a lot about China's legal terms or how companies develop. I know there was a lot of shares bought in Tencent recently by the Chinese government. And then they're launching their own version of this product after kicking out Blizzard. Like it's kind of easy to make those connections that they might want to keep 
the money in house rather than sending it overseas. But I, I simply do not know. Yeah. Any I, more I, than that. You're not the only one that's brought that. I've seen a lot of people talking about that. They're like, Oh, they, maybe they just you know, want to keep all the, the, the money in country and then see it as a, as a loss of revenue to, you know, outsiders essentially. But like, I, there's still a lot of 10 cent investment in a ton of American based studios, uh, new and old. They've they've had a controlling stake in, riot for a very long time they also made a massive investment into second dinner which you know is the old hearthstone team and went and made that now runaway success marvel snap game which is seeing a ton of success right now uh dude my twitter feed which is still a lot of hearthstone players it's it's now a snap feed like there's i see so much crap about snap every day so maybe i'm in a bubble maybe snap's not as big of a deal as i think it is but it sure seems like the game's doing well um i think it i I think it is. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting. It's a good pick up and go game. It seems quite popular. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's just, I don't, I just don't know what to make of this. And and no one seems to know like what the inciting incident was, like why they actually kind of had had whatever the falling out is. Yeah. I don't know. If anyone has any more insight on this, please let us know. And we'll definitely come back to it if more information comes out. But Something about security risk too, like it, it's just, without NetEase's support, Blizzard can't run legally in China, but also the security risk is too high. There's a lot of really uh, bizarre wording for this that will be revealed over time. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's real strange. Like, do you open your damn first direct next week with, you know, we're, we're, Sorry about Vergaber, or you just like ignore the fact that you just fired a bunch of devs in front. Like, also, dude, uh, the Starfield like official website was had a massive update, and it like doubled down on the fact that they 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 are gonna hit their date, and it's like, and you're laying people off from Bethesda. Well, I realize it's different teams, and it's probably not so clearly or cleanly one to one, but. Yeah, that's I think that's something that we just haven't developed properly in video games. You know, it's still a rather new industry. And if you're making a movie, you know, you you pal around a bit, you complete your movie. You sometimes do some really weird stuff like illegally shoot in the you know alleyway you found in L.A. And you get your movie out there, you know, and you're done. And everyone, you know, scatters to the wind and rejoins on other projects. And so-and-so knows so-and-so and you get back in. So a lot of times you'll see these layoffs after a product has already been mostly completed. However, looking at the front side and what we were kind of sold from corporate America growing up, that that job should exist for you further. And then they go to make new games and fill it in with new talent or temporaries. And we go, well, wait a minute. You know, what wouldn't a career invested artist be more beneficial or at least more the dream, perhaps. And, you know, we want this to be a dream job, after all, for those who get them. I remember thinking that way at some point. Yep. Yeah, as, as many of us have. As many of us have. So uh, can, these stories shall continue to develop. I have no doubt about that. Uh, and I think that... Microsoft strategy is to announce really cool games. And, you know, frankly, we're not all online. That's kind of the weird thing about this, right? I totally can see a world where I digest zero video game news. I pick up my Call of Duty. I play it. I don't post about how I burned out. 
I don't post about how the maps suck. I just, you know, I, by the way, I have no opinions of Call of Duty. I was about to say, I don't think, uh, have you ever played Call of Duty? I I did the original. I thought the original was awesome. Like, it was such a cinematic set piece. It was amazing to go through the different stories of a more factual, um, you know, fantasy, of course, of World War II. But it was still, uh, it was very gritty. It was the first war game that I really felt the grit on. And it was very impressive in that way. If I, if Medal of Honor for me, but yeah. If I played those outside of this sphere of Twitter and other websites, I would burn out naturally. I wouldn't post about my burnout. And the next time they announced one, I'd be like, oh, hell yeah. Uh, I've been waiting on that. I'd love for you to upgrade my game. After all, I bought a console because I don't own a computer, maybe, or I just like my console, my TV setup for the Call of Duty activity. And so putting out a new game increases my investment in my Xbox or what have you. And I go on with my life, right? Like uh, the the Microsoft display of games will reach more ears than the layoffs will. In the internet free communities. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I, it's going to, it's not going to like, there's been s- such a focus on this in gaming journalism. And so I don't think, see it going away there anytime. No, no. No, if you are looking for information, you will continue to see this. We are yeah. all we are all tuned now to ethical video gaming, and we all want to know how to do that best. And we're still very much exploring how to properly pull that off. Certainly seems a way of it, at least at least here in the states. Like it's a lot of our articles revolve around that and conversations as well. So, whatever the case is, I'm sure this isn't the last time we'll be talking about this. No, but it may be the last of us. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh let's my let's God. talk about Last of Us. Oh my God, Kyle. <laughs> well, let's, let's thank some patrons first, though. I hope this isn't the last of patrons. Yeah, do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah, if you enjoy banger segues like that <laughs> and you want to support us, you can go to supportourbromance.com. That will take you directly to uh, Kyle and my shared patreon that is our shared patreon it will take you right there uh check out supportourbromance.com we really appreciate the support everybody and you'll get yourself some perks like access to our members only discord channels we've got you know you can ask us questions directly in there feel free to tag us and uh as well as some bonus content we just put out our spoiler episode about season one of chainsaw man and uh, we're looking ahead, uh, probably, you know, no one's yelled at us about it yet. So I think we might move forward with episodic, you know, one episode at a time, uh, spoiler episodes for The Mandalorian. Because so we've been looking for, Kyle and I have pretty, pretty uh, uh, different viewing habits. So we were trying to find something we were sure we were both going to watch. So it's looking like, <laughs> looking like Grogu going to bring us together, sir. I will talk about that in our upcoming segment because <laughs> this gets deleted for the patrons. Yes, that's right. You also get an ad free version of the show, which means you uh, you only hear the patron. Thanks at the end. You don't hear us desperately trying to get you to sign up on our Patreon. We'll you already that did out. that. Yeah. yeah. So thank you thank so you. much, everybody. Uh, check out support our We appreciate the support. And uh, I appreciate I was going to say I appreciate gas masks, but there actually weren't any. But let's uh, no. let's talk about The Last of Us. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> the same the same voice actor, by the way, sounds, did the video games. Sounds like dying uh, double digit times. That's what that sounds yeah. like to me. Ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes and ninety six percent on audience, which normally, dude, I don't give a crap about audience. Uh, but. In this day and age, I think that's telling. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we you know, obviously Rotten Tomatoes is a source we pull out when it matches our means. Right. Same with various stat websites. We did years and years of here at the storm stat analysis, and it was very easy, I can say, to tell a storyline that you wanted to tell yeah. out of said stats. So, uh, oh, I liked it. Therefore, I like this and I like when audiences like it. it I, I want to preference this all with a big statement that uh, I would rather play video games anytime. Uh, yeah, yeah. I want to preface this with uh, I'm going to get into spoilers for the first episode because this is based on a video game that has been playable for 10 years. We're not going to do a standalone spoiler show that goes into it. Uh, so I'm going to do it here. So probably jump That's ahead fair. about 20 minutes, uh, I'd say is safe probably close to 15, but 20 minutes if you don't want to hear spoilers for episode one of The Last of Us, uh, which if you played the game, I would argue isn't spoilers because this is one of the most faithful adaptations of a freaking video game I have ever seen. And that's why I say what I did. Like anytime anyone's like, you gotta watch X. I'm like, well, that's video game time. Like literally I judge my time in half hour blocks. I'm sure a lot of us probably do this. You know, we you might picture things in your head in terms of $60 because that's how much a video game costs. So you look at a dinner, perhaps, and you're like, oh, man, that dinner's going to cost me $30. That's half a video game. Well, you know what? I'll eat in tonight. And you kind of follow your logic through that. I do that with, like, Dota matches. Well, Dota uh, Dota match, here's the store match, 45 minutes, hour, half hour. Like, this has got to be pretty good because I could play a video game in that amount of time. Last of Us had to be even better because I could play The Last of Us. And probably match up the amount of content you went through in that amount of time. Yeah, I I did exactly that. Uh, After I watched the episode, uh, I fired up The Last of Us and I played the game up to the point where the first episode ends. Uh, And it did not take that long. Uh, No. You you actually think I may have gone through it faster than the episode. (laughs) Well, the episode also embellished quite a bit. And we spent time with other characters such as Jules daughter for an extended period. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I think it was all very well done. Like it didn't feel like yeah. filler. It felt like good exploration of well, well fleshed out characters. I, I need, I need to get a cast list here. I need no, I, list I, so I'm, I'm pulling one up. As we okay, speak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I am so excited for many, particularly I've never really watched Parks and Rec, but I really like what I've seen in the memes of Nick Offerman. I'm so excited for Bill because that's one of my favorite parts in the whole game. I thought uh, Brother was phenomenal. Really nailed his part holding the gun. (laughs) (laughs) You mean Tommy? (laughs) Yeah, Tommy. Tommy was great. Yeah. Yeah. And And I like how because they 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 flesh him more out like very simply, like by just having like the veteran sticker on the back of his truck. Yeah. Like, well, that, just, that, that, that is subtext, man. Like it's so freaking important. You, you put a sticker on the back of the car and we don't go, you know, we don't have to sit down, stop the whole scene and be like, so what was war like, Tommy? It's like, no, you put a sticker on the back of the car. We go, Oh, he knows how to use a gun. And so when he hits his shot later on, you don't go, well, that was strange. Like it is extremely important 
It can sometimes be cheese ball, but it's so important. Yeah, I was and I was looking for any tell like that in the game itself, and there's 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 nothing. <laughs> like Tommy just just scores a headshot in the game, uh, and and so in the in the show, I'm like, oh, they they even like flesh that out just like a little bit more. Like it's it was it was it was solid. Um, I I gotta admit, I love Pedro Pascal. I did not ha- know how I felt about him being cast as Joel. Cause I think of Joel as this like boxy buffer than he should be video game, man. <laughs> and Pedro, I mean, Pedro Pascal is pretty buff. Sorry. What was that? Pedro Pascal's pretty buff. Those arms are nice. He's got some nice arms. He, d- he seemed like he bulked up for this, right? Cause yeah. I, like I think of him as a little on the skinnier side. I still think of him as Oberyn from game of Thrones, where he was a more like agility. Like if we were, d- you know, to D and DFI, sorry, I know D and D is a little, you know, <laughs> it's a touchy it's- subject right now, <laughs> but uh, Oberyn would be a more agile character than a brute strength character. Um, whereas right. yeah, Joel, Joel is kind of firmly in that, you know, gruff warrior territory. And, um, I mean, Mandalorian's running with armor. I mean, the real, the real story to me here is like, we've been doing years and years of who's the new Harrison Ford. How will we make, who can we rise up in the ranks and find a young kid that can entertain us for their whole lifetime? Uh, Pedro Pascal, like he's, he's, he's done game of Thrones, Mandalorian last of like he, dudes, Joel, like that. Yeah. It's a but wonderful, sh- it's wonderful casting. He's perfect. Holy shit. Like, d- dude is Joel. Like, that, that is, <laughs> I freaking love, like, his tiredness, his reaction to the watch, like, just the, the scene where he checks his watch, it's not there, and then gives it a slap, like, subtext. You didn't know, but your brain did. You know, red letter media, like, it, it was just a great exercise in that and i think the trailer for the show sucks <laughs> and all future content of like tune in and you won't believe what it all you, you have to sucks. you have to make it exciting like i i, I think you and i which i'm surprised about because you usually don't like this type of of darker drama but i feel like we're both here for the character beats like we want the character exploration like can you really do it cuz the game did it so well can you really nail it and also make us still care cuz we've already been through this experience right uh, yeah. am i putting words in your mouth or am i in the ballpark no 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 i think you're on the right path okay cuz that's definitely it for me <laughs> like like i i think a couple of weeks ago we talked about it i was like i don't i didn't i don't want this I've already had this experience the, it is one of my favorite games of all time it's one of my favorite stories of all time regardless of the genre uh, I, I don't want this. And uh, apparently I do. I loved this first episode. Like, I'm really over the moon with it. I think it's an exceptional production. Um, and the casting is perfect. It is pitch perfect casting. Uh, um, also, I'm a little, I will say I'm a little annoyed with Pedro Pascal. Why? Uh, they made him up to look older than he actually is. And somehow he's hotter as a result. And that's really annoying to me. Sure. Pedro Pascal uh, would make a good silver fox. So, hey, uh, Pedro, uh, I guess let it ride when you get to that stage. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> man. They they had they had so many things in this. Uh, yeah. Speaking of the casting, like I love the Tess casting. Tess is so oh much gosh, more filled out than it. the video yeah. game. And she is just freaking phenomenal. This is uh, Anna Torv. If I'm saying that right, but just like rolls in, you're just like, yep, post-apocalyptic dealing with shit. Like, oh, yep, absolutely. I, I believe it 100%. A Nico Parker, who played the Sarah Miller, the daughter, had such a hard role to do. And in addition to having to go out in front of nerds and say, we're adding additional scenes that weren't in the video game. 
and then selling those on top. Like yeah. that was some phenomenal quick acting because you had, you had to like her very quickly and then get rid of her just as quickly. Well, you it's know? like everyone kind of got, uh, I guess everyone except Joel got extra scenes that we don't see. Cause, cause Sarah and, and, and Tess are like, they're just not that filled out in the beginning of the game, which is where we primarily deal with them and, and kind of experience their characters. So Tess got a scene that is straight up not in the game and it's wonderful. And and Sarah got multiple scenes that are not in the game. And I think they did a lot of, lot of work to really sell this and make it work as a, as a a episodic standalone episode of television. Um, And it's a suspense show. And that's why all the trailers suck because they are all showing it as an action pack. Look at all the sites you're going to see. Look at this adventure we're going to go on. But the bonus scene with Sarah Miller in the house with grandma opening her mouth in the background. That was tense. Oh my God. Oh, that, the grandma was creeping me out. Yeah. The hair in the mouth and like, yeah, yeah also yeah, tendrils. Of, you know, I know fungus. we're both sensitive to this. Thank God. Thank you for just holding on shots. Thank you. So like they yeah. held on that shot of the, of the grandma, right. Rising up for way longer than I feel like most modern television would. <laughs> yeah. Um, by uh, the way, like tangentially, um, Dude, what helped write this, Craig Mazin, Mazin, he wrote uh, the miniseries on HBO Chernobyl and also has some, I think, truly dumbass takes on video games that have come out of press for this this show. I don't know if you saw any of it, but he, he made a lot of, I'm not a lot of nerds like me pretty annoyed because... He's what like, do you say? Well, it, it, I'm gonna. I don't have this up in front of me, so I'm gonna horribly paraphrase. But it was shit like this is straight like full stop. The greatest game, the greatest story told ever in a game, which I I kind of agree with, but that's like my personal thing. That's a, that's objective or subjective. Um, and there there were other things too that were just kind of like putting down other game narratives uh, is like throwaway, and it just it's annoying. It's dumb. Uh, I mean, I, I yeah. Yeah, it doesn't, I, it doesn't I, matter. My my point. Right, be- I, I can make a point off of your point and basically be like, the guy probably invested how many years into dissecting the story, and if you didn't find joy in that, and frankly, some competition, you wouldn't have produced a good product. Like you need that to drive you sometimes. Yeah. And so he right. probably is putting down other game stories so that he himself felt like he was spending his time wisely because there's an opportunity cost with doing any sort of content. I'm making this content right now, which means I'm not editing a video. Like it's all, you know, your life is finite if you want to be even more extreme about it. Yeah. But, and what I find funny about that is I really just wanted to tell you that and made sure you were aware of that. So that this point, like, cause what I find really amusing about it is that how quickly everyone has just forgotten about that. We're no longer yelling about this man's bad video game takes because the show's good. <laughs> like we're just like, whatever, all is forgiven irrelevant because you actually treated the source material with respect. Well, go to episode two of this relaunch show and you can find me going off on the God of War 2018 creator for saying that, you know, previous Kratos was one note and and toxic. And and I'm just like, oh my God, you you completely, you completely missed the point of old Kratos. The heavy lifting of old Kratos. It is done off screen with a couple cinematics. I kind of agree with that. He's kind of just yelling and ripping people apart for three straight games. He he is, he is mad 
and justified and it was really fun killing uh, entire pantheons <laughs> like that's you know what when it comes into like i'm still sitting here i'm playing through god of war ragnarok right now i'm just like do egypt let me kill anubis let me kill anubis like i <laughs> I'm going around like destroying towers for dwarves right now. And I'm just like, I, you know, I, I'm enjoying this, but uh, frankly, I, I, can I rampage? I want to rampage. Can I rampage? Yep. With, yeah. with emotional turmoil. And like, yeah, like let's, you know, let's was, rampage. I, and then, yeah, I watched, I watched that, that prompter on the Kratos lore. And I just, I forgot what a, a new metal butt rock Godsmack album covered nightmare original Kratos was like that. soul oh, patch true. is the ugly, like he's the stupidest looking video game character since crash bandicoot. <laughs> I, I mean, he, he, lo- he looks like, it looks like a Harley Davidson t-shirt. <laughs> my, my, dude, if you put that much work into your body, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> that is always my, like, it doesn't matter what, what hair, clothes, whatever you want to style your person. If you have physically crafted your pecs to uh, produce that level of puff, <laughs> go for it. You, you've already won. Get an Arnold Schwarzenegger haircut or grow a beard. And so 2018 Kratos has figured it out. Back to this. Back to <laughs> back to us. Yeah, back, uh, back to The Last of Us. The other, you know the other character we've got a scene that isn't in the damn game is freaking Ellie. We oh, get yeah, that, yeah, we the, get that extended scene sequence and all that. Yeah, of Bella Ramsey is Ellie and like chained to the wall. And, and that's how it's an interesting way to get introduced to Ellie. Um, I, I really liked it. It was great. Right. I wasn't mad went, about any of the extra scenes. I didn't feel like any of it took away or felt like it was wasting my time. No, I mean, I watched it from a you know position of skepticism. So every time one started up, I was like, because uh, there was parts where you were in the truck, you were shot for shot, like do it. You went through the little diner, you went into the like the, the plane. Like I was just going the, the, <gasps> like uh, I, the, there was no plane in the original. There were planes, though. In the original, there were, but so you you get uh, in fine. the in the game that you get t boned, which is what rolls the car over. The plane right, crashing has nothing to do with it. it. I mean, honestly, I'm impressed. I remember out as much as I do because I played this as a red box bender. Like I rented it. It was a brand new game. I had 48 hours and I beat it in 34 hours. Like I did not sleep. Mm. I got Last of Us and I just went. And Kristen went to bed and woke up and I was still going. And I just saw it through. I was so distraught at the end. It was such an amazing end. And I was just like, what do I do with my life? I had that book sadness, you know? So I was really impressed by how many little scenes I was going, oh, nice job. Nice. Like, you know, I, I, I had petty things like, oh, Joel's supposed to come through a sliding door, not meet her outside. What do you, what the shit are you doing? <laughs> but, you know, like, again, my memories might be wrong. It's a little warped, but, you know, I was shooting grandma. Hey, you know, what do you, fine you know all these sound of bonus scenes are working out the only thing that didn't hit in this episode for me was ellie bella ramsey just going a little hard on the on the anger i think she's going to 100 be a great ellie down the road it just seemed like overly it, it was too actor angry for me it, the, the anger wasn't real and that that was it that's my that's my one complaint Mm. I uh, I I I needed I needed uh, Ellie to be successfully be a a back talker and a smart ass, and that yeah. was very successful for me. Yeah, no, I, she said the f word well, and <laughs> that that didn't seem forced. But you know, like the 
the counting with the middle finger. I was kind of like, all right, this is, this is a little too like it was just a little too angsty. Maybe it reminded me of me. You know, maybe that maybe that's it. I just responded to it. I'm like, who teenager angst like, oh, tough to watch. Uh, I love that. I love that shit. Also, I thought that was well timed because it was like this needs any levity at all because <laughs> they they embellish some of the sadder parts. And so it's a pretty dark hour, 20 minutes of TV to watch. So yeah. I was like, you, there's something you need to just a little garnish to snap you back out of it, make you crack a smile so that you're ready for what comes after. So I, I thought that was I thought that was well tempoed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed what I saw there. I am curious how they're going to keep it up because like the promotional materials are all so awful because it's missing all the tension. There are long lingering shots here. There's, you know, an actual set piece zombie on the wall. You know, that's probably computer enhanced in some way, but they built that, you know, you enter the room, they built that and you go, oh, 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 like there's going to be real stuff. There's going to be clickers walking around in makeup and showing a bunch of like flash, flash, bum, 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 bah. That doesn't highlight the parts I liked about the show, like grandma boating in the background. It's it's fine, I, but, but I mean, the game had both. The game had large set piece you know, big, scary, what would be like, quote unquote, big budget zombie movie moments too. So as True. And it, I, I even, I, you know, I don't, I don't mind it. I, I understand the purpose of it. I kind of liked that. I didn't love the trailers that much because I went into this super skeptical and I was like, Oh, thank God. This is moody and, and tonal and it takes its time. And that made me. Yeah. Happy. Yeah. So many, so many great, um, callbacks and just information like, the lady being like, I can't pick up that one. And what does Joel do? He picks up that one and throws it in the fire like that. Uh, like that stuff goes, well, damn, like he. Yeah, he's moved on, but it's not a good kind of move on. You know? No, he's no, dead it's, inside. it's a callus. It's, yeah. it's a callus. It's a hollowing out. Um, well, and, and the filling out of the Firefly uh, chief, uh, Captain, whatever their title would have been. That was great, too. Like the, the yeah, whole conversation. The, the Fireflies get more fleshed. I, I saw some people being like, oh, I wish they fleshed out the Fireflies more. And I just played through the first section. I thought they got fleshed out more in the show than they did in the game, at least in this yeah. part of it. In, in my memory, like Tess almost seems like more fanatical and like into Fireflies. This was more of a stumble in than I liked. Uh, you know, she wasn't selling them hard. They were just doing a job that happened upon them. And that was really, really nice. Uh, I, I just also love the line of you don't have an ear. I thought that was one of the best lines I've seen in a TV show. You don't have any? <laughs> yeah, but uh, her, her friend uh, Kim is listed here in the played by uh, Natasha. She, she goes, I, let me do this. And she goes, you don't have an ear. Shut up. And then oh, the that's right. Her whole ear is blown off. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, I don't uh, Merle Dandridge, I believe, is is Marlene. Also Marlene in the game. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. OK. We can cross that's, it over there. That's way better than the Mandalorian then. I, I completely disagree with you because I know exactly who you're talking about. And uh, it's it's OK to be wrong, Kyle. As someone it, told it, me recently, it's OK to be wrong. It's OK. Yeah, we're all we're all wrong about AI sometimes. Mm, yes. Just, yes. Like, uh, some of us I, are. I, I did not like her performance in The Mandalorian at all. It was really weird, but th I didn't even know that. That's fabulous. <laughs> uh, also, I, I love the foreboding at the very end of the of the the leaning tower against the other tower. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Because I, oh, oh, I died so many times in that damn no, tower. Me too. Oh, it was really God. hard. The first yeah. clicker. It's like if you play. I it, it. Part of me was like, I hope they're not too faithful because I want to be surprised. And at least off the first episode, I like that they've been super faithful. And where they've taken liberties is adding, not like subtracting or changing. That's fair. Yeah. They, I, they've changed. They have changed Ellie a little bit. I'm with you. I'm, I was, so I, I didn't think the anger was bad. I think that's how they wrote her for the scene. And I thought it was well acted. The scene where they, they kill the soldier and Ellie's there like that scene. Uh, Ellie's like seems into it, which is weird because in the game, she's kind of freaked out. She's like, oh, wait, holy shit. I thought we were just going to like tie him up or something. But in the show, it seems like they're kind of fast forwarding The Last of Us to Ellie a little bit. And I don't mm. I don't love that. Um, but it's a, for me, it's really minor. Yeah, I haven't played Last of Us 2. Uh, of course, I, how could you not digest all the drama that came out when that game released? But for me, it was just it was a human drama now, not a zombie drama. So I didn't really work hard. to play uh, it. I mean, the zombies are still very much a part of it. Um, I know, but it actually has like, one of the most terrifying zombie experiences I've ever had in a game. And as a you know fan of monsters, when you go into, you know, because I, I do this, you know, I when I'm when I'm not invested in something, I will go to and I will go monsters, best cutscenes, boss battle, click, and then I'll see the thing and I and I might invest myself at that point, like the rat god or whatever it was called. Eh, I it was it may be in the theme in the moment. It may have been really cool, but it seemed like that was the only real zombie thing that happened in Last of Us Two outside of there's just uh, a lot it, of killing people. It, it, well, I I played it and no. <laughs> Still, from the outside, it seems like more of a human drama, less of a monster film. That, that's which, that's fair. That's fair. it's definitely it's darker and more dour, and and there's not as much there's not as many moments of levity, um, like there is in this in this first game or the first game or show. Uh, so so there's there's that. Either way, that was the only thing where I was like, it kind of feels like you're you're jumping ahead a little bit, but it was pretty minor. Like, uh, yeah. Well, we met we meet. Ellie in the video game as Joel. So her backstory isn't as developed because we quest alongside her as Joel in the TV show. We're able to spend time with Ellie. And in that way, it seems like she's been out in the world a lot longer. Like last of us, Ellie almost felt like here's a kid. They don't really know what happened. They're not really wise to, you know, adventuring, take them on this adventure and they'll grow with you. Whereas this Ellie seems more capable but it, it, to me, it was just like angry acting, you know, like you'll see an action movie, like someone just, just yelling the whole time. And you're like, why are we yelling the whole time? That was kind of I think Bella Ramsey is going to do phenomenal when we get to Ellie Prime. She, LA she, Prime is gonna be awesome. she seems I already enjoyed the the little bit of like the prickliness and the and the, the back and forth banter uh, with Joel. And so I think she's going to be good at that because she barely had any damn scenes in Game of Thrones. And she she played that role fantastically in Game of Thrones of being the kind of shut you down despite my age. <laughs> type character yeah she's one of the best things about those awful latter seasons right right that was basically the addendum we were adding to all our conversations of uh of game of thrones was who's the kid love him whatever moving on like (laughs) we just we had other things to talk about my 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 last point i want to make is uh hey the mummy connection brendan frazier uh john hannah doing the dr newman thing at the start grew on me again like i oh is that who that was yeah Oh yeah, my so brother. word! Yeah, how'd you how'd you EV and running around and you know, zombies? <laughs> did, or the, uh, did the year change do anything for you? I, I thought it was a interesting decision to have the outbreak happen in two thousand three because that's is not that a year change. That is not the case in the game. 
When does that happen in the game? Uh, later. I forget exactly when, but not 2003. It's not like a period. Like they, they were really playing up the period piece of it. Uh, oh, 2013. Yeah, I think it was just the year it came out is the year the outbreak happens. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, I love seeing actual 90s houses. My grandma's house there. Yeah. Was was dude, that was like seventies. That was a seventies house. No, but that but, but that's, that's what the houses thing. look like in the nineties. Right. We right, right. That's the yeah. When yeah. they do these movies and like the nineties, everything's color of color and windbreakers, like that's not where you live. That was like where your clothes were colorful, your home yes. was drab. Exactly, because uh, we still had that wooden furniture from JC Penney's, you know, leading the way. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. like I, I hated the start because you know it's it, I like the subtlety of the original game where it's just like, let's get into it. Bum, bum. Ant, you know, JPEG of ant flying spy. Ant goes, and like, you're like, oh, cool. Like this kind of, you know, it was so ridiculously Game of Thrones with the fungus growing in the shape of the United States and going across the water. It's, and it's, it's like, basically lifted bad. from the game. The game has an intro that is very similar. It doesn't make the United States, but yeah. It, but we didn't need john hannah's scene in order to we could have just rolled the intro and been like oh yeah fungus and ants and like let but i i really like the actor for one because he was in the mummy and other things but you know the mummy i just thought and, it was a fun scene and it built that tension and that slowness that i wanted from the show that you know we we are gonna have those good stealth scenes coming up this isn't gonna be an action-packed thriller we are gonna have that slow horror movie moment and it really reassured me for the like we dropped what we were doing. Like we were fully prepared to like do anything but watch the show last night. Now we got both kids to bed. It was a rarity that both kids went to bed. You know? so, <laughs> so we're like, fire it up. But we got our snacks. We got our books like we were just ready to like doodle through the whole thing and just be like, you know what? Like this, this might be horrible. But we were invested. We're, yeah. we're, we're definitely invested. I, I thought it might uh, it might Cowboy Bebop me where I start we Katie and I start watching it and we end the night watching real Cowboy Bebop instead. <laughs> like I thought we might leave and just go play Last of Us. But instead, I just did both. <laughs> we watched yeah, the whole show. That's cool. And we that's played great. the game and we had a great time doing both. So it's uh, it's well done. It's it's well done done. Uh, if any if anyone asked me what I recommended, the answer is a hard yes. It's like, go go watch it. If you're if you're in the mood for this, also if you're if bummer things bum you out, like I I am of the opinion that the hardest story moment of Last of Us is the beginning. I think it's easier yes. past this point. Yeah, there there are hurdles that they are going to have to overcome for sure to make this show good. But for me, like it was just Bill. Like I loved all the traps and exploration with bill so much bill was the moment in the first game where i was like i already really like this game and now yeah. i love it it was the, it was where i went from like to love what's bill well bill and, came and in, tommy I was just like damn this sh- this game rules and tommy was super frustrating in the game and i think uh gabriel luna is how i'm pronouncing that it's he just he, he nailed the brother thing like so all, all signs are saying yes also, I just uh, really my big request is let's not embellish. Uh, let's not spend more time with non monsters because I've uh, I'm just kind of over the people are the real monsters thing. It's, it's I, we're point. absolutely doing that. <laughs> it's the point of we're all these stories doing that. Absolutely. We're going to do that. But let's not like 
make that bigger than it needs. If we can do, if we can do the actual like pull up the car thing, that guy's faking, and then and get in the house and the tests and the business, like yes, let's do that shot for shot. But I don't need more of that. <laughs> I don't. I don't personally need more of the more of that, please. It's it's all chemistry at the end of the day. I need to. I need to be into you or, 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 or hate, hate you, you butting heads, whatever, whatever works. It just needs to be cohesive. And so far it is. So but I, I like I'm the, I like the 10 year switch. I wasn't aware of that, but I think it's a highly iconic looking I age. Open laughed, belly laughed when I, when they cut to the present day and the dude's wearing a Gore Lieberman shirt, like I snorted. Yeah. I was laughing yeah. so hard. I was like, that I was haven't great. seen that logo in so long. That like plastic cover on his phone from his phone having the like leather jacket uh-huh. on it. Like it was, it's such a time and place. Oh yeah. And it restricted the use of like, what would you like backdoor technology it makes it sound like such a hack. Right. But nowadays, Oh, radio's at TV's at, what would we do? We'd go to discord. We'd go, we'd use a hundred other services to try to bypass cell phone towers being out. So, to put it in 2013, I think would leave a lot of holes there and it's fine. And there's so much that you can hand wave in a video. Like you mentioned the brother just firing a gun, like in a video game, when someone fires a gun and they're good, it's like, well, it's a video game. If we all sucked at guns, this game's going to suck. You know? So when someone shows up, fires, well, in a video game, you just kind of go, yeah, sure. But the building of, yeah, but the building of Joel's expertise, the weapons he has down in his little floorboards, like it all, it all works to inform a character who are you who you are going to scrutinize way more than you would your controlled character because you're bringing yourself to that guy. I'm ready for Sunday. This is now oh, appointment yeah. oh, viewing. This is a Sunday, yeah, it's a this Sunday, is a Sunday show. huh? This is like same uh, day and time as Game of Thrones. Nine o'clock Sundays, like it's a gonna, even though you know it's HBO Max, I'll just watch it whenever I want. But it's appointment viewing. Like I'm, I'm just gonna watch it immediately and enjoy the the uh the twitter experience of seeing everyone's reactions afterwards so how many episodes are we doing i think it's a 10 episode order uh, you should be able to see if you're on there on imdb video well that's videos 10 uh nine episodes according to the okay, nine. little gotcha yeah the little business here uh okay yeah so we have season one episode two is going to be called infected hell yeah oh let's let's live in that tower let's we we have a whole episode in the tower i'm 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 so pleased that you weren't annoyed that we didn't like deal with zombies in the first episode oh we did we did we ran around well yeah, everything was you know, the barn was on fire the barn was kinda. on fire in the game right sorta i remember kinda. the barn not the them. full-on deteriorated nightmares which oh yeah. dude but so i did go this is my final thought, which is no longer on Last of Us, and I'm not going to do Chernobyl spoilers, but it's also, you know, uh, based on the actual historical event. But I went and watched Chernobyl. I've now seen all of it because it's only five episodes, uh, which is from the, one of the writers here on The Last of Us show. And yeah, uh, perfect choice. That show is the most hollowed out, dark view of humanity I have sat through in a really long time. Um, you talking about the writer? The well, show? just Chernobyl, the show, yeah. But also, like, I don't know if they brought over people that worked on the production of it. Holy crap. I, I, I was legitimately grossed out. It takes a lot to gross me out. There was some shit and some makeup, practical makeup in that show that made me want to throw up. I can believe it. Yeah, it was nasty. Um, it's a weird recommendation because it is literally one of the most unpleasant things I've ever watched. But it is a 
masterpiece of of a show. Like, holy shit. Nope. I need the monsters. I I need 100%. It's a little different than when I was like a kid, which was, you know, monsters scary. I got to, you know, do the cleanser on the other side, like watch a cartoon. Nowadays, I'm like, don't don't showcase humanity to me. I want I want to be able to go to bed saying, well, we're not that bad because there's no real monsters. In the do world, you right? do no- you like uh, like uh, uh, war movies or shows like do you enjoy like Band of Brothers or anything like that? I do. Yeah, because uh, like Chernobyl feels like one of those, but about the Chernobyl disaster. Interesting. They, they're, they, it eventually, it essentially settles in on like two main characters that kind of form this brotherhood as they try and figure this out and they're based on real historical characters that were there and were assigned to try and fix this um and it gave me like band of brothers uh the pacific vibes like i really enjoyed it i mean band of brothers is is good i would rather watch ken burns uh, okay fair fair i would I'm rather not, watch I'm, band of brothers I'm not, like being, I'm not like being pinky yes out. i know like, pinky out kyle oh, excuse me i prefer a documentary not at all yes. just like I I, character driven story. Like I kind of want to know the facts in the background, but add some sci-fi add some fantasy to me. Like, hell yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Anyways, it was very good. Very, very good. And knowing that it, it it, like uh, some of that cloth was cut off for the last of Us show. I see the through line and I now have a lot of trust in this series. Are they doing the full first game? That's what I have heard. That's great. But, that's what I, I want. I don't know. I think it would be good too. Um, thing is, though, is like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It seems it seems nuts that that's what they, if that is what they decided to do. Like, because it looks like it's a kind of a runaway success. Yeah, but it's already shot. You know, they can't go. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Longer. No, I know that. It just seems a little seems a little odd. Yeah, that's right. The prequel DLC is going to be an episode. Well, I don't know if it'll be a standalone episode, but they showed shots in the trailer that are clearly from the DLC. Oh, like the dance and all that. Where she gets, wait, dance the the business. The she gets bit right. Isn't uh, that the oh, essentially, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, prequel. like she she's yeah. at the dance. She's at a date, and a I think no, no, no. I think yeah, they're confusing like, a scene from two dance? with 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 the DLC. The DLC they like find an arcade. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they're ex- they're exploring and shit goes south. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, okay, so that, that, we know that's going to be a part of this as well. The thing that's is, fine. I haven't seen anything in the trailers that looks like it's from the le- la- like end stages of the of the game. So. Yeah, I would be really disappointed if we got to Tommy and that's where we quit mm. because the stuff past that and the snow. Oh, there's is... reviews for the whole damn season. What? I'm just now finding this out in chat. Okay. So people oh, apparently, while the whole thing. Apparently, while we're talking, uh, Wizards of the Coast also put up a news statement. So you know, oh, news sake. happens during this show. <laughs> Can't stop it. News is always Can't on the go. Stop it. Hey, all right, let's wrap it up here. It's a good show. <laughs> go watch The Last of Us. We'll probably keep talking about it. <laughs> Unless Kyle gets annoyed and stops watching it, and then I'll talk about it at him. No, I, the number of excuses I'm, I use to get through Rings of Power, like, I, it, it, I would be hurt if this turned around and suddenly was bad. <laughs> Well, uh, you know what is what, what never turns around and turns out bad? Emails? Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. 
You can send your questions to feedback at StarCrownAndGear.com, or if you're supporting us on Patreon or the YouTube membership, you can just message us in the dedicated questions for host channel in the members-only Discord. We've got it set up for you. Feel free to add us if you want a question, like a question answered like before the show, like it's not for the show, but yeah, that's where these are all coming from. Uh, Kit London asked, said, Ad Garrett, a reminder from a past MSQ stream to ask about the first time you played Grand Theft Auto 3 at a birthday party. If I re- remember correctly, it had something to do with farts. Yes, Kit, it did. <laughs> Kyle, do you remember where you were the first time you played GTA 3? Um, yeah, I was at my friend's computer and we did the usual, you know, pick up the the hookers thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> of uh, course we did, right? Yeah, you were edgy little teenage kids. It wasn't like I I wasn't edgy at that point. Maybe it helped me become edgy, but you know, the video game allowed you to and then we went straight to Jedi Outcast and started spawning Luke Skywalker 25 25 times. Mm. So, you know, we were just breaking games that night and having fun. For, I think it was like when the hell did that come out? I think it was like my 13th, 14th birthday. I think it was my 14th birthday. Maybe 15. No, I was in high school. I was definitely in high school because a friend was there that I didn't meet until high school. So it had to have been 14 or 15. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, I don't know. You and I were talking about it. I think I think the, the way this came up was like talking about how like what a game changer it was when GTA 3 came out. Like that game blew my mind when it originally came out. So we... We stayed up. At, it was like my uh, birthday party. Like had a bunch of friends over and we just like stayed up all night playing games. But we literally just someone brought that like on a lark. And it was the first time any of us except for the dude who brought it had even seen the game. And uh, we we just thought it was the funniest thing in the world. So we stayed up basically till the sun came up. Just stealing the, the one fire truck and uh, seeing how many stars we could <laughs> We could get it. Yeah. Yeah. But yep. you know, this, you, yeah, you, were you ever an a insufferable young teenager that thought literally anything was funny and you just giggle and laugh at damn oh, near anything? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We're, we all hope that those teenagers don't end up in the movie theater with us. Um, that was us that night. And uh, what we, we would take turns. And whenever the cops would eventually kill you, someone else would get a turn <laughs> to see how high they could get their stars. We do the same. Yeah. Yep. Yep, that was the game we came up with. And naturally, those of us who weren't playing eventually got bored and thought it'd be fun to start farting on our friend that was currently very intently trying not to die to police in Grand Theft Auto uh, 3. Perfect. And still to this day, some of us remember laughing about the term sliding squealer because uh, two of my friends uh, had this rare talent where they could slide on carpet on their knees. And so they'd like slide up and fart on you while trying to distract you and make you die in Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, sounds like a sleepover. Yeah, yeah that was a sleepover. Sleepover AF. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That that. Uh, <laughs> what would you say? The unaided drunkenness of sleep deprivation in children. Yes. Like, oh, dude, I remember the first time ever being doing one of those like birthday parties where you stay over and play games all night. It was it was yeah. the N sixty four era, so it was Goldeneye was the game of choice that night. We literally didn't sleep that night, and then. So the, it was like, it was a really extended birthday party. Like we all got together after school on a Friday night to the dude's house whose birthday it was, you know, had pizza, cake, played golden eye all night. And the next morning we were going to end the party at a bowling alley. Uh, I think, it, I think it was to make the pickup drop off more convenient for parents because all of us lived in one city except for the friend whose birthday it was. So they dropped us off far away and then they picked us up at the bowling alley in our hometown. 
And uh, anyway, stayed up all night. We show up to the bowling alley. I go to throw my first bowling ball of the day, and uh, the thing just cascades into the lane next to it. <laughs> I did get some pins, though. I did get some pins in the next lane. And that's how tired I was. I couldn't even keep the ball in the same lane. Yeah, uh, we had a yeah. very, very cool... What were they called? Computer science teachers? What was the the, the, the teacher who had managed the computer room? Had a title. Uh, like AV? Yeah, yeah. We had a very cool one of those who would uh, host lock-ins for us in the computer lab. Oh, cool. And, the only time As long as everything was uninstalled by the end of the lock-in, we could play games. Oh, nice. That's yeah. cool. The only time we ever did a lock-in was uh, high school graduation. We did a lock-in. But they didn't do it on campus. They, like, rented out the local YMCA. Uh, but they brought one of the computer labs to the Y and turned it into an Unreal Tournament land room. Damn, and that's that, yeah, that was cool as shit. But I was yeah. in the corner doing Smash Brothers because they also had set up. So the middle of the room was all the computers and the cor- and all four corners were uh, at the time what would have equated to a big screen TV with uh, would have been playing Smash Brothers Melee. Yeah, it would have been GameCube by that point. So it would have been Melee. So I was playing Melee with my friends. I, I wasn't an Unreal kid. I was mad it wasn't Counter-Strike. See, 2003 is a great time to put your movies in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah, I just realized setting it in 2003 makes the existence of an arcade a little more realistic than setting it in 2013. Was there an arcade? There there will be. Oh, there will. Oh, yeah. yeah, I see. You didn't didn't play that part, but yeah. Okay. In DLC, there's an arcade. It's like in 2013, most arcades were gone. But in 2003, we still had some. Still had, they were still rare, but oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Fjord Explorer wants to know, said, uh, now that we're both familiar with Spyak's family, if you were asked to describe a prototypical ooding, what is the first thing that comes to mind for each of you? Oh, what now? A family ooding. That's what Anya calls an outing. Family outing. Oh, right, right. Oh, okay. So what is, what is your prototypical family outing, Kyle? Oh, uh, in real life? Yeah. Yeah, if you were to... In the beginning of Spike's family, they have their first family outing to, you know, get to know each other and keep up appearances. And Anya's adorable and could only call it an ooting. Oh, I see. Can't pronounce okay. it right because she's a little kid. <laughs> All right. Well, you take, you take the question first. I'm still a little confused. <laughs> what do you like? Do you go to the park? Well, do you go to the zoo? Do you? Well, yeah, but in, in Spy Family, they're working hard to look normal. So, you know, it's not a real ooting. It's. It's a fake ooting. So yeah, but- is this so what you're asking for maybe is like the type of outing I would plan to impress distant relatives and make us look cultured. But with what we normally do, which is we load up in the double stroller, go down the hill to the grocery store that has those bins, you know, like Whole Foods or any of those kind of have. And, you know, you get the snacks in the little bags like that. That's our typical <laughs> extended, <laughs> extended, you know, on a time limit because a two month old outing. I, uh, I I think that's exactly what Fjord is asking here. <laughs> oh, well, there is, you go. What is yeah. your typical family outing is the question. That's what I do. That's uh, what I do. Epcot. <laughs> we go to Epcot. <laughs> that's our, wow. our, proto, here. our prototypical outing. Uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, we used to get in for free a lot because we used to have a hookup. And then, and then we got so used to it that we paid for an annual pass. Because <laughs> that last CEO kind of locked things down for uh, our good friend who used to get us in for free. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, yeah. Now, so. uh, the ootings are uh, they're, they're a bit more complicated when you have 
human beings that can't dress themselves. I, I, we had a, a, a merged family outing this past weekend. I got to go meet a, my, one of my oldest friends in the world. They just had their firstborn. Uh, you, you know, I'm Steve because uh, yeah, we, we share a mutual friend between us. Um, I've known this dude since I was three. We met in preschool and uh, he just had his first kid. And we hadn't they actually gave birth in lockdown uh, when the hurricane hit us. You remember when I, I was worried about that week? Oh, hurricane wow. Ian was coming yeah. in. Yeah, uh, they that was the day that they had to go in and, and give birth. And the hospital was on actual lockdown. And uh, I actually just found out that they like when they get, when they went in, they were like uh, the they had to sign a paper because they, they were like warning we may run out of food. And we just, you need, you need to sign this to confirm that you know that. And mm. so uh, my friend Steve was like, no big deal. Publix two, two minutes away. I'll run out real fast, grab some snacks. And he said, the doctor came in and said, <laughs> you're not going anywhere because this is happening now. <laughs> so that was their experience. All turned out fine. All turned out fine. But we got to finally go meet the baby. And uh, so we had a, a merged family outing. It was a great time. It's a great time. Little tiny babies, man. Oh, it's wonderful. We just we just drank a lot and tickled the toes. That was it. <laughs> that was it. It was wonderful. We had a really good time. I've, I've, it was the most time I've spent around a newborn since I was a kid. Yeah, babies are cute, dude. Babies do. This yeah, is a realization for me. I don't. I. I. Yeah. I I've never really liked babies. Uh, I had so much fun playing with their with their daughter. She's adorable. They're not for everybody, but yes, I was definitely in that typical, you know, apologize to your parents position of, you know, hitting 30, 32 and being like, oh, damn, the kids, yeah, the kids are, babies are cute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's, I've, uh, it took me a little longer than you, but I think I'm there. I think I'm there. Uh, anyway, uh, that was also fun was uh, drinking bourbon and, and, and playing with baby toys. That was a good time. That was a good time. Nice. Drogon asks, who are your go-to fantasy sci-fi races? Let's have a fun role-playing conversation, Kyle. Okay. Uh, like, what do you gravitate towards when you're creating a character or choosing a starting army faction in the game? I'm a dwarf player at heart, so that's usually what I try first if it's an option. Yeah, and yeah, dwarves, uh, dwarves uh, have some good stats. Elves. I'm an, I've always been an elf guy. Uh, like the elves? I was... I started playing WoW, you know, like shortly after Lord of the Rings wrapped up and uh, Legolas is still one of my favorite characters of all time. I think Legolas is like the definition of cool in the dictionary should just come with a picture of Legolas. Hmm, man, they are cool. They are cool. Um, I used to go for like any any of the monsters I could get, you know, whether it was a, a lizard person, an oblivion or dragonborns, all that kind of stuff. But in Dragon Age Inquisition, you could play as a Kunari for the first time. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. And like my head was always cut off by the camera. They did not properly adjust anything for the size of my character. And it was super duper weak. But I do always pick tall characters because I, I get like vertigo, like reverse vertigo if I play like a gnome or something. In a video game, like it's just it really kind of weirds me out being really short. It makes and, uh, it makes it look like you're going faster, uh, like the, the 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 ground movement. It freaks me out too. Yeah, I've tried doing. Yeah, my I, I gave an honest try to goblins because I love goblins, um, and I I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't play short races. 
Uh, it just like wigs me out in a weird way that I can't really describe, but it's something about like the speed of the ground passing the bottom of your monitor, like really irks me. Yeah. And then I played Skyrim and Skyrim had their, what did they call their, uh, their drow equivalent in Skyrim? What, what was that? It was just dark elves, aren't they? Yeah. And they came with fire resist, which in a game where you're going to fight dragons, I was like, well, that's a no brainer. I mean, granted, eventually, like as you get higher, higher level, there's dragons that are breathing ice and all kinds of crazy oh, stuff. Dunmer. I would. Yeah. I straight yeah, up did not Dunmer. know that. Dunmer yeah, from Morrowind. In, uh, in Skyrim. So I was like, well, yeah, you get fire resist. And ever since then, I've always gone with the Dunmer equivalent. So in Final Fantasy 14, I'm a dusk right. Elizin, like I just really, really like whenever you know, I'm reading through the Skyrim wiki right now. Yeah, you got oh you got bonus. Oh hey, I'm not alchemy. I'm not completely off base. More commonly referred to as dark elves and the rest of Tamriel, says the okay. Elder Scrolls wiki. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's where that's where I tend to lean. I tend to lean that direction mm. nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I was always always in the elves. Uh I be honest and 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 this is this is meant with a, a very light passing comment. I I went to go make an elves in and I think they look a little silly. But I also They're, didn't have like a frame of reference or seeing them uh, seeing them in action cuz after hanging out with a stinny in a bunch I kind of loved the elves in. But when I was making mine I was like, "Oh, I don't I just I feel I feel I look like Gumby. <laughs> like it's just got long limbs." Yeah, they're a little stretched out. Uh, you know, many people have noted in the stream cuz it's my stream view that my emotions are much more muted than you would find on another MSQ character reacting to what's going on. Oh yeah, dude, I know I'm a basic ass human ass here in Final Fantasy, but our facial expressions in cutscenes are great. Yeah? Really really but gets across some emotive stiff I, I really really like them i do think the dwarf storyline in original dragon age dragon age origins is the best like you can do human and you get a really really nice build-up that's much more game of thrones alongside tim curry but i think investing yourself in what can be the most laborious part of the game and giving that political atmosphere more weight is the right way to go mm. yeah yeah usually Usually an elf, and I blame Legolas. Oh, and also Kael'thas was like my second favorite character when playing through Warcraft 3. So, I thought Kael'thas was super cool. Mm. And he's pretty cool. He's yeah. a cool guy. Arthas is super cool, but humans look super dumb in World of Warcraft, so <laughs> I try not to play humans. It's it's more about like what when they do their, you know, Dusk Rites, their Dark Elves, like all that, so the drow, whatever, you know, kind of fantasy world you're living in. It's It's also the stats they give. Like, they always give them like heavy like destruction magic or something like that usually some bonus to sneak and that's my favorite way to play the game is like a wizard rogue uh, particularly if there's any part any like stealth in these first person rpgs because you can really get a lay of the land first before you attack and i just find it more immersive so i always find myself going that direction mm. That said, when I tabletop nowadays, uh, the older I get, the more I like playing giant muscle-bound idiots. Uh, sure, they're uh, fun. Yeah. yeah, I've really kind of done an about face. Um, and my favorite character I ever played in the Star Wars RPG was on it. He was just a hu- ex ex imperial human, and I, I just loved the character. I really, the- I, I just ripped off a character from the uh, what was the no- what was the set of novels? I have them here somewhere. Oh crap, they're not here. Oh, what the hell is it called? I don't remember now. There's a trilogy. I mean, for that, my yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, for my five year running D and D campaign that we did on There Will Be Dungeons, like I, I basically combined Worf and um, Venture Bros. Uh, guy, what was his name? Kronk from Venture Bros. What? Oh, oh, you're right. That is I'm like that's not, it's, not, it's it's Brock. Yeah, it's yeah. it's Brock Brock Samson. Brock, Brock Samson. Samson. Yeah, and it's, it, it's really really fun to play fish out of water. Like be the. Uh, be the big guy that doesn't really understand what's going on around him. Just Worf in general, I think it's hilarious. I think it's a great character. Yep. Last D&D one shot I played, uh, our opening scene, we were all meeting in a bar and were attacked. And I was like, can I rip off the bar top and swing at the guy? And he's like, roll for it. <laughs> yeah. And it was very fun. It was very I also fun. really like corrupt doctors. Like, uh, you know, like uh, organ trading. Ooh. Type. Like those are, those are really fun to play. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did a, I did like an ex intelligence officer for star Wars and it was so much fun just being a deceitful, like high class ass. I like playing bad people. I don't know why Kyle, but it's fun. It's, it's fun to be a jerk. It is fun. Yeah, it is fun <laughs> because it's fun and it's not reality, right? Because you're not that big of a, a jerk or psychopath in real life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, D and D DM was really into it at the well, not DM, whatever it's called, game master in in Star Wars: Edge of the Empire. He was really into it. kept kept throwing me in scenarios that took me down a peg. Like he knew exactly how to play with that character, and it was great. It was a good time. But anyway, thanks for the questions, everybody. Keep them coming. Uh, drop us messages in that chat in our Discord, or uh, feel free to write us an email. But that's going to bring us to the end of this episode, which means we want to give a thanks and a shout out to our bad ass patrons. Ooh. Every week. Ooh, you surprise me every week. Supporting us on Patreon. Uh, you can support everything Kyle and I are making by going to supportourbromance.com. It will take you to our Patreon. And thank you to our recent patrons, starting with Ivan. Thank you so much for signing up, Ivan. Aaron S. Thank you for your support. Marie B. Appreciate it. Grant B. Thank you very much. I, bel- I, I redact last names. No relation. Drashin. Thanks for going to supportourbromance.com. Yeah, appreciate that. And Juan ZS, appreciate your support. Mark B, we are very thankful. Appreciate it, Mark. And uh, perhaps from the Final Fantasy community here, trauma. (laughs) 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 That's what T stands for on the ESRB rating for Final Fantasy 14. Don't let anyone tell you anything else. I thank you for the support. Uh, and there's a very special level of patrons we thank each and every week, and those are our wonderful legendary level backers. So thank you so much to Sean B., Mike R., Stephen J., Waira E., Das, Cheesy Bob, and Sean with an E-A, B. We really appreciate the support. So if you want to support Kyle and me, you want to become a patron or even check out that legendary level, you can thank each and every episode. Check out supportourbromance.com. Where you can support Kyle and me and everything we do. Other than that, you can follow Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Ferguson. I am at Garrett Art, and we have a joint account at Garrett and Kyle. So go give that a follow for show updates. I just realized I forgot the tweet that we're going live today. And uh, you can also follow us on YouTube, youtube.com slash TV for the Grinding Gear channel for everything we do. We stream this podcast live on, on, on Thursdays over there. We're streaming Final Fantasy 14 MSQ tonight. And what, what, have we talked? We didn't talk about what we're doing tomorrow, but we've got to. We're gonna take a day off tomorrow and play something different. Yeah, probably Monster Hunter again. Yeah, probably more Monster Hunter. Probably yeah, more Monster Hunter. I enjoyed that last like week. Monster that was Hunter. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. probably fun. more Monster Hunter. Anyways, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Grinding Gear Podcast. Until stream tonight. GG.
Take care. 